Welcome everyone to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Brian, with my permanent guest and my best woman, Cammie. Cammie, <laughs> welcome back. Hi, Brian. Thank a, you. A lot's changed. We took a little bit of a break because I we got did. married. I yes. Got a, I got a ring on it and we had a great time. Uh, I made a speech about uh, Narcissus. There you go, podcast. It was really nice. <laughs> everyone cried. And yeah, so you know, this is the show where we talk about myths and legends. We had a really nice stint in October. Um, again, we took a little break because of my wedding, but we're here for Thanksgiving. Nothing related to Thanksgiving for this show. We're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going uh, with a traditional Greek story, and I'm, I'm really excited about this story. Cammie, you just let the folks know what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So today we are talking about Hermes. Yes. And I say that I was excited. I, I thought it was a good solid choice, right? Greek god, dude, Hermes. And that is, it is a solid choice, but it is so much deeper than I expected. A lot of these kind of tend to be in some ways, but Hermes is wild. And I, I will give everyone a heads up. If you're a frequent listener, I will not chant for 45 minutes. I have concisely given you the information that I want to portray. Uh, and, I, you know, Cammie, I was realizing we haven't said in a while, you know, we started the show a few years ago to have something fun to discuss this stuff. We, we didn't have we, we don't have like formal educational background, really, specifically in this stuff. We're just two people who like to talk about this stuff, whether it's Greek or haunted houses like we did a, a month ago. So I just wanted to throw that back in there. And we always welcome everyone's input, especially if we get something wrong. Um, I, I'm always scared to think about like <laughs> one of some of the older episodes, but we'll continue with the show. Cami will give us a wonderful story about Hermes, and then I will lead a concise discussion about this wonderful figure. So Cami, why don't you take it away? Yeah, sure. So my source for this, I use the Homeric hymn mm -hmm. um, to Hermes and the translations by Hugh G. Evelyn White. And that was perseus.tufts.edu. Uh, Theoi also has this translated, but I did use the Perseus one. Love Theoi. Yes. Hermes, son of the nymph Maya, daughter of Atlas, and king of the god Zeus, began his trickery early. He was born in a cave full of darkness. Barely even a shadow adorned the walls. There was such little natural light. Zeus would visit the nymph while Hera slept, and from their union came a son, cunning, charming, clever, and yet still a babe. From the day he was born, this child had guile and trickery unmatched by God or man. At dawn, his mother birthed him. She was weary from labor, so she rested while the child cooed in his crib. But before much time has passed, this baby was bored of his dank cave. He sprang up from his crib and wandered to the entrance, following the light to find the way. And as soon as he crossed the threshold to the world outside, Hermes was delighted. His eyes falling on a tortoise from the hills, an odd sight, but certainly an omen of luck. The babe scooped up the creature, and brought him to the table, where he cut him up and hollowed his shell. Then he set to work finding reeds to affix the instrument and the hide of an ox to lay stretched over it and the horns of the ox to attach seven strings made from sheep guts. And when the instrument was finished, he took it into his hands and struck each chord a new key and sang of his own parents and their love affair that had bore a glorious son. He too sang of the things he saw around him in his cave such as the many cauldrons that adorned the kitchen. But the song he sang about the mundane made him yearn for more, 
and it wasn't long before he wondered what would flesh be like to taste. And so this babe, tiny but resourceful, leapt up and traveled swiftly to the mountains of Pyria, where the cows of divine Apollo grazed, and there he took fifty of them from the herd and led them away from the rest. He turned their hooves so that they faced backwards, and he himself walked backwards through the sandiest spots so that the trail was easy to follow. He too made sandals for himself to make the journey quicker. And as he led the cattle, he came upon a man tending to his vineyard. He tried to persuade the man to keep his mouth shut with the promise of fruitful harvest, and the man agreed to forget that he saw the young one. And so Hermes traveled further. He drove them through to nightfall and came upon a river, and beyond that a meadow for grazing. The soon-to-be god, still hungry for flesh, set out to find a way to cook it. He gathered dried laurel and piled it up high. Then he took a knife, and with each cut came forth flame from the blade. Had anyone seen this, they would have been in awe, for fire did not exist before Hermes invented it. Then he took two cows away from the herd and threw them to their backs, and cut their lives short, then made work of dividing the meat into twelve equal shares, and burning the bones in hide and hoves, so that not to be caught through evidence. And though he so desired flesh, he could not bear to eat it, for Prometheus had long cursed his line to never partake in the sacrificial feast set aside for mortals. So he covered the evidence, too, of fire, and tore apart his can candles, and let the river wash them away. And he headed with his prizes to his cave, where he wrapped himself back up as his mother had left him, and he played with the covers about him and cooed. Wonderful. Well, that is a very uh, resourceful baby um, to make its own sandals so quickly, but a very nice story. Yeah, Hermes, um, I put my, the, the first bullet point I have in my notes is Hermes is deceptively deep. I, the first thing I think of Hermes is like Disney, Her the Disney version, you know, super funny. He's so simple. And I think that just like glossed it over as just straight up. This dude is a mailman. That is it. You know, <laughs> like he is hardly anything beyond that. But it is not that simple. And he has very, very deep roots. We've talked, if you've heard any of our kind of Greek episodes, Hercules, things like that, you know that these characters, the, these characters, that these these entities are are incredibly old. Um, you know, Homer was around eighth century BCE, and uh, the the Homeric hymns, one of your sources, which isn't necessarily related directly to Homer, but it's around that time. I can't remember. The I think it's just in the style of Homer. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it. That is it. Yeah, but it, and it's all sort of the same time. But you know, these dudes are talking about them in the eighth century um, BCE. So it's way older than that. And Hermes most certainly is an extremely old uh, god. I'll mention, and, and something you absolutely mentioned, Hermes is considered a liminal deity. And I this is just sort of the Google definition. A liminal deity is a god or goddess in mythology who presides over thresholds, gates, or doorways. In quotes, a crosser of boundaries. See also psychopomp, household deity, and tutelary deity. Psychopomp's the word that Wikipedia uses too. Do you, do you have anything to kind of do to explain that? A psychopomp's yeah, liminal so deities? Do you want to add something to that? Psychopomp's are, they are liminal deities, but... Not all liminal deities are mm -hmm. psychopomps. They are the ones that carry souls to the realm of the dead. Whereas right. a liminal deity could be literally just a doorman. Right. It's just like who is, is breaking a boundary. Like I would consider Loki a liminal deity because he breaks boundaries too. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's not just about a literal threshold of a door or doorway. Right. Well, I think, you know, I wish we got like... 10 bucks every time I said this word. Uh, Euhemerism absolutely comes into play here. And the etymology of Hermes' name 
is the the first discussion for Wikipedia and a lot of other sources. Hermes' name is believed to come from the Old Greek herma, meaning stone heap. Um, there's also a connection with his name being uh, from old Proto-Indo-European words, um, meaning one cairn, a cairn being like an, uh, a man-made stack of rocks. Now, this is important because these sort of things, uh, uh, cairns, would mark boundaries. They would be, you know, how Farmer Joe or whatever the old ancient Greek word for Joe was, Farmer Joe and Farmer Ben, they have their land close to each other, but Farmer Joe's got his, you know, he grazes from here to here. Farmer Ben grazes from here to here. How do they signify this? How how can how can Joe and Ben figure out where can their flock eat? So they you put the, the stones. And I'll mention something else that I talk about way too much. Uh, in the Last Kingdom series by Bernard Cornwell, the, the books and the show, uh, set in 8th century or 9th century um, England about the um, the Viking invasion, things like that. They absolutely, I, I much later in the books, uh, Uhtred, the main character, he's the lord of this area, and he talks about, like very funnily, he's bored with having to deal with disputes of people moving rocks. So like, you know, some doodle, like, you know, in the middle of the night, pick up the boundary rock with his son and they'll move it a few feet or whatever, and then he's got to deal with this because the other guy's like, no, 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 you're near that tree, you weren't supposed to be, you know. Get off my lawn. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, get off my lawn just, you know, hundreds of years ago. Yes, these these stone heaps, these cairns are extremely important. And and you you can think about depending on how old we want to figure Hermes is, which these sources can say or you know suggest extremely old, like thousands of years old, um like we talked about with the you know the Gorgons, the Medusa episode being extremely old as well. That would be that would be extremely important. So, if you have your Hermes, you know, your your boundary that's that. So it Hermes seems to be this this humoristic idea. You know, humorism. Just a quick reminder is this idea that things happen and they sort of the events happen, ideas form, and they are eventually explained later as myth. So in the Gorgon episode, they think that the Medusa story was this connection to this temple that uh, worshipped Gorgons that was attacked, and then that somehow this old event, it, the story turned into the Medusa. Um, tale the the killing of medusa so hermes it, it one big thing is that hermes could be a, a derived from the god pan who was also identified um as like a uh boundary god and things like that it could have been and there's also a proto-indo-european pastoral god connection um in the aspect of boundary marker so i i just use this farmer joe and ben thing and this is literally what it's talking about is a pastoral boundary marker god pan being connected to that but again you would refer to the stack of rocks you use the greek the ancient greek word the herma and and so it, it it's sort of this thing where you use this word so many times and and pan is the god of it but it's this thing so eventually the word herma or hermes just takes the place of pan being in control of that you see what i'm kind of saying you know it's that like we you call a kleenex instead of a no, right. you know or a band-aid <laughs> you use the word band-aid instead of like you know i don't know what else do you use and and so you still have pan and this wikipedia specifically says pan continued to be venerated by his original name in a more rustic aspect as the god of the wild in the relatively isolated uh regions of arcadia specifically but um and, and even later in certain areas, Hermes was said to be Pan's um, son in some places. So there, there, there became there's a, a tight connection between Pan and Hermes. But there's this idea that Hermes sort of took that part there, from it. There's something interesting too. So the Homeric hymns like definitely say he is Zeus's son. 
so he's a yes. rightful god yeah, and all for sure. this. Um, but I also yeah. saw that he so Pan's maybe Pan's son, but also maybe Dionysus and Aphrodite's son. So you're looking oh, at these cool. two gods that are because Pan. I don't know if Pan's the same as Dionysus in this way, but Dionysus is considered like a sure. foreign god. He's not of yes, um, you know, Greece. He is he is of another place. So uh, Hermes is also considered that under certain text. Yeah. So it's just very interesting. I can see that. that. Right. Well, so uh, a lot of, I, and I'm, I'm, I am super simplifying this. There's a lot more here, but again, I, I could go on for like way too long. Some believed he's derived from the Vedic god Sarama, like I, I believe a snake god or the, or a Mesopotamian snake god, but there's a, a huge connection to the Egyptian god Thoth, I, which I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So you think about Alexander the Great's conquering uh, in 300 BC, um, I think he died like 320 or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, BC. Yeah, BC. he did not accomplish yeah. nearly as much as Hermes did in his short life. Yes. Um, but, you know, th- but one thing that uh, Alexander helped do was further smash, you know, e- Egyptian and Greek and then late, soon Roman culture. And, you know, the, the ancient Greeks, the, the Romans loved old religions. They loved to make connections to to venerate these gods that had these huge temples and things like that and that's where i'm going to talk about hermes trismegistus are you ready sure this is a whole separate ass wikipedia page <laughs> about hermes uh, trismegistus which uh, trismegistus it's three majesty that's basically what i'm saying it, it's uh the uh, thrice uh what is the it, the literal thrice great is what it means. And th- this is a idea that formed in the Hellenistic period. It was this idea that there was like Hermes was this. So, so when the Egyptian gods sort of became well known and imported to, to Greek and this, the, you know, the, these cultures started combining in, in a large way, they were, f- they firmly believed Thoth was Hermes. Like, oh, this is what you've been calling him and how you've been venerating him this entire time. And there was, uh, it's he's the purported, so Hermes Trismegistus is the purported author of the Hermetica. Uh, I'm quoting Wikipedia exactly here. A widely diverse series of ancient and medieval pseudopigraphical texts that lay the basis of virial philosophical systems known as Hermeticism. In this period, the gods were literally worshipped as one. It was interchangeable. And the Temple of Thoth in Kemenu ended up being called Hermopolis. So they, that was their oh, Greek wow. name. It's Oh, it's Temple of Thoth in Kemenu. That's Hermopolis, obviously. Um, there's even a connection. So Mycenaean Greek um, has this uh, idea um, talking about the thrice great epithet. There's this old linear B word, tris heros, which I mean, literally I'm saying three hero thrice hero triple hero and it was also found on two linear b um tablets so this this is like a, a, an old epithet and it looks like it could have been applied to him i don't know where the three is coming from here because it's literally just hermes and so Thoth. i wonder if um well it might have been mercury as well but i wonder if that's where we get the idea of the holy trinity in christianity cammy you're you skipped two bullet <laughs> <Sorry>. points <laughs> No, that's exactly it. So this was something that many Christian writers would later talk about. They they thought he was a wise pagan prophet who foresaw the coming of Christianity. And it was mentioned in these texts called the Suda in Byzantine. I got to say, if I'm talking about uh, all my other things that I mention every episode, I got to mention Byzantine. Uh, in the 10th century you know, Greek uh, speaking Eastern Roman Empire, the Suda was this this sort of text that um, was brought around, and they mentioned this exactly as well. So 
I yeah, it's it's interesting. It reminds me of how you know we have these old hammers of Thor that people would wear yeah. around their necks that were found, but they were much later introduced. Like the the age of all the ones that we find were after the introduction of crosses, so it could have been a counterculture for the pagans to wear something in. Uh, to counter the wearing of a cross. Um, it almost feels like this thrice great epithet could have been this old established thing. And like how many pagan things were Christianized, this became sort of Christianized and it could have brought prevalence to that. Additionally, there's Arabic and uh, texts that mention this. So th- this thrice great Hermes, like standalone Arabic text, and is even included in the Islamic tradition. There's a little, there's a lot more to that, but he's connected to a later prophet, um, Idris, in one of the... Um, uh, books of the Quran. So um, Cicero even is uh, talks of multiple Hermes. So this this idea of there being multiple Hermes is is not. Is it multiple like Hermes of this Hermes of this, or is it like I one don't being think so. Splitting himself. I think like I'm imagine what I I didn't see what Cicero said. It, it just says Cicero talks of multiple Hermes. I'm guessing it's it's these. It's tough. The 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 Hermes. Trismegistus, it really seems like, so like in the Arabic texts, it seems like there's this being a wise sort of unnamed prophet is one of the words that they use who helps, like he helped create alchemy. He helped, he he, he was sort of like there at the right time. Connections to Moses. Um, there's uh, this idea that he, this I don't think it was in the Arabic text, but somewhere else, but there was a Pharaoh named Hermes at some mm. point as well. So it, it's sort of like this, this just recurring theme but there is this specific Hermes Trismegistus that would later um, heavily be taken by um, like later Christian writers as a, a force foresight of Christianity and the Holy Trinity. So it, it just it blew my mind of these connections, especially because like the Wikipedia article and um, uh, Britannica and Theoi do mention the Thoth connection um and even like Britannica mentions the like Mesopotamium and it's it's obvious you know like proto-indo-european the migration of peoples these ancient religions similar ideas and stuff like that but it, it just blew my mind when this whole thing kind of like blew up this whole page of trace majestic i literally it was one of the last things i found i was just like <gasps> i have to add this you know what's really interesting if he is dionysus's son like according to whatever tradition right then Dionysus is considered um, a Jesus figure because he's the son of yeah, the God, yeah, right. you know, and like there's a lot of different mm-hmm. things um, around this. So it's it's almost like it makes sense that Hermes would then, you know, kind of carry that bit with him. Yeah, absolutely. As, like as, if we're going with the Trinity aspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, these ideas, that's where I'm kind of, I keep saying the euhemeristic, the euhemerism idea. And and that's, it's it's just kind of crazy. Um, uh Theoi specifically talks about how he is so uh, um, here I've just found it this is a quote from Theoi as dreams are sent by Zeus Hermes um, conducts them to man and hence he is also described as the god who had it in his power to send refreshing refreshing sleep or take it away so um, there's there's a messenger uh, you know aspect a psychopomp a, a crosser of boundaries Zeus is creating the dream but how does it get into your brain well, it's Hermes. You slept up and you didn't have a good night's sleep. So he's taking the role of Morpheus at that point, too. Well, I mean, if you're a liminal god, you are just that. Like, you can kind of do whatever. Right. And I, I, I it's hard. When you think of, like, the boundaries thing, it's hard to, like, 
think about it, and that's the, the boundaries. It's physical and psychological and emotional and cultural. Um, Athenian generals um, on setting out on an expedition, this is also from Theory, offered sacrifices to Hermes, um, surnamed uh, Hegemonius, because they were like, let's not get lost and have a good travel. So, like, you know, let's physically cross boundaries well and and again hermes being his name meaning the stack of rocks so there there is that that physical i mean you have to think about like we we didn't have like you know the treaty of westphalia is when like western civilization started to really like say all right you literally can't stop expanding your territory please stop um you know this this is actually my land my country you 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 must recognize that you know it took thousands of years for us to really recognize like hegemony surnamed hegemonious hegemony is the idea of like I respect I respect your your essence, your being, your space, that sort of thing. I respect and as far as countries go, I respect that you are a country, and I will respect your boundaries and things like that. So, ah man, this, yeah, see, it's blowing my mind. But I see we I see we're going on for a while, so I will wrap this up um, because I I will also include some great links that you can follow up on on a few things here. But uh, you know, Hermes is also seen. He's always seen with the winged boots, the winged hat of the. Um, a winged hat or the hat of a traveler. It, it seems like that just sort of happened. They're, they're, um, the descriptions of Hermes didn't say that. It just said he could fly, essentially. But it just seems like, I, I guess someone was like, hey, will you draw a picture of Hermes, that guy that you know that we were talking about in our poem? And he's like, yeah. And he was just like, well, how's he going to fly? I guess he's got wings on his boots. So I, it, it wasn't ever really in the text that we have access to, at the very least. Um, the Caduceus staff um, symbol, that's the Latinized version. It's very different in every other name. Uh, is the that really uh, the the symbol of logistics that intertwined snake winged staff um, apparently too that started off as ribbons not stakes snakes uh, the snakes kind of came later someone was just like I'm gonna make well, them badass Christianity again probably <laughs> right right yeah for sure um, but we do we do have like pre Christian I believe um, like images with that someone I think just wanted to be cool uh the sandals were specifically You're the, the medical that you mentioned staff, that he made basically right okay yes yeah yeah. yeah 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 that staff yeah i look uh, the wikipedia page says it's the symbol of logistics <laughs> it's the the modern symbol of logic and logistics or yeah logic and logistics are different so i should clarify but uh, his sandals are um beautiful and golden theo mentions uh and again they never were like said to have wings that just kind of i think his helmet assumed. is wings yeah, one hundred percent has wings. Yeah, and I think that was mentioned. I, I think it was mentioned in the text that his helmet has wings, but the text never mentioned his feet did. But someone just thought it'd be cool, uh, and and went with it. So the last thing I'll say, and I absolutely, or the last two things I'll say, and I'll, uh, I'll I'm gonna link to this because this is a wonderful uh, write up that I started. I didn't finish it. Um, there is a article or a piece called Mercury Woten Othen One of Many by Jens Peter uh, Schott. It is about um, the function of a god and figure. And this, I, I started Googling this because Wikipedia says that the Norse equivalent for Hermes is Odin. Which I pushed back on because I thought it was going to be Loki. Exactly. Yeah, it makes sense that it would be Loki. I mean, it's uh, Hermes is kind of known as like the trickster. But the more I've read about it, the more I've read about the importance of it, especially when I, I mentioned how you know, the Athenians would... Uh, pray to the hege Hermes hegemonious you know the idea of it make it makes more sense this is a wonderful piece um that talks about that especially kind of the connection to mercury too it focuses more on odin himself so it's it's if we do an episode on odin it'd be great to do that because he odin himself is extremely deep and just as deep just as deep and and just as kind of uh multicultural too because the norse we say norse mythology but this is uh the saxons 
the um, Angles, the Norse, the Danes, the Germans, the Celtics, all of them prayed to this guy in their own way and had their own name, just like Hermes seems to have this as well. It, it's a wonderful piece, and I will, I will put it up. I just had to mention it because it, yeah, think about that, the function of a god, the function of a god, the function of a figure, how, how, how he functions in society. That's kind of where I was going for with this. Um, my, I wrote my final thoughts uh, here, my two bullet points. Manifestation of natural, physical, and psychological boundaries. You know, euhemerism in a nutshell. It's the evolution of our civilization, how it happens. This is crazy, y'all. And I, I, I hope I, I did this well enough, uh, not overwhelming. I, we, we've, I think we've hit, like, what, 20-something minutes now, uh, almost 30. So we will wrap it up here. Um, Cami, would you like to put in any final thoughts in this? Just that I'm really happy that we got to do this because he is like my favorite god. <laughs> so yes, and I I get it, and he's favoriteer now after this, right? right? <laughs> and uh, I I, sh- I didn't preface this, or uh, we didn't preface this is uh, we're going to conclude. We have a, a, a follow up story. Um, we're going to conclude this story, and we're going to talk about another god, uh, Greek god, on the next episode. So um, it won't be as long as this <laughs> episode. I won't. Uh, rabble as long as I have but I I sincerely hope that you've enjoyed listening about this I will uh, Theoi Wikipedia Britannica that's pretty much all I could stomach as far as sources go because this is wildly deep Um, if if you're someone who's like me and you don't really have the formal uh, education in this um, this Hermes comes as a a big surprise because again deceptively simple um, but absolutely not so Everyone, uh, thanks for listening. We do have our next episode um, in the books, so get ready for it. It's a continuation of this story specifically. But let us know if you'd like us to do any episodes. In particular, we are going to be – we should be recording every week for the most part. um, Have something dropping, not biweekly like we had been. So look forward to that. And if you have anything in particular you'd like us to know, Mystery Facebook group. Remember, myth, story. Story has an IE. It's all one word. You can hit us up on our Facebook. That's a quick way. You can talk to Cami and I directly or our Gmail, mystery at gmail.com. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us on multiple podcast services. Thank you so much, everyone. I think that's it. Yeah, Cam? All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Oh. Oh.